Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. Amen. Come on, let's praise God. So special to see. You know, it's so important that when the Lord opens doors to us, we're able to step through them. And that's what you see there. And, and so I want to say thank you. Thank you for your obedience to what God has spoke to you in your giving. Uh, if you're in overflow right now, we want you to know that we're so thankful that you're here with us. And we're going to have a moment where we worship the Lord in our tithes and our offerings. And if you're waiting for, seat, for seats, I know we're, we're getting more seats. I will let you know there's really expensive ones right at the front here. <laughs> So you could walk in here and have everyone just look at you. So I'm just opening it to you. But we're going to honor the Lord in our giving this morning. Proverbs 3 says that we are to honor the Lord with our wealth and with the first fruits of our increase. And we see the, the picture of tithes and offerings. Returning to the Lord the tithe that's His and then obeying what He's put in our heart to do as we give this is a generous house. That's a spirit that's on this house. We see that even in, in Cape Coral as we've opened the campus there. Cape Coral is a giving community. In a very short time, some of what you watched there on the video was Cape Coral outreach and stepping in and meeting very real needs. And so we're so thankful to be able to do that. There's a lot of different ways that you can give. You can give through the Ocean Church app. You can give through the website. You can text to give, or there's an envelope in the seat back in front of you. Regardless of how you're giving today, let's make this moment a moment of worship. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are with us. Jesus, thank you for the way that you have touched our lives. And Lord, there's, a, there's an overflow that... that Lord, comes out of every place in our lives. It comes out of the joy that we experience, the peace that we experience. And Lord, it comes out of that place where you meet us in, in our needs. And so in worship today, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, we honor you with our wealth. We honor you with what you filled our life with. We praise you for it today in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Well, happy Easter, everyone. Those of you in Overflow and online, happy Easter. It's so good. I, I want you to do one thing. This is our tradition. If you haven't been with us before, we stand for the reading of God's Word as we begin. And so go ahead and stand with me. Don't get too comfortable. How many of you know Resurrection Sunday is a day of life? We don't have to be starchy today. Even though we took a bath and we put on our nice clothes, we don't have to be starchy. We're going to continue this series, The Interruptions of Jesus, and really this is the culmination of what we've been talking about. If you haven't been with us, we started a few weeks ago, and we looked at what we do and how Jesus responded to the storms of life. And then we looked at how he responded to the interruptions of sickness. So we looked at the interruptions of crisis and the inter interruptions of sickness. Then on Good Friday at Cape Coral at our campus there, we talked about the interruption of death. And how the death of Jesus, that interruption has forever shaped human history. And today, we get to celebrate the interruption of life. 
the interruption of the resurrection of Jesus and his heart for each one of us today is that we drink deeply of what he asked us to receive in his resurrection. He didn't intend that our lives should stay the same. So we're going to read today from Luke chapter 24. There's a few verses that will go, so stay with me. And then I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to respond with, He is risen, okay? So this is Luke 24, verse 1. It says, But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. I want to ask you a question. I want you to respond with, He is risen. Because this question, it fills our hearts in interrupted moments in life. So let me ask you, if you're in overflow, I want you to respond the same. If you're online, respond with us. What has happened? Okay, that was pretty good. You guys, you've had your coffee. Let's try one more time. What has happened? Yes, he has. He has risen indeed. Tell your neighbor, he has risen. You may be seated. Praise God. You know, we've looked at, at these interrupted moments and looked at the truth that if you took away the ministry that came from Jesus' life when he was interrupted, you wouldn't have much left. He lived a life of interruptions. Everywhere he went as he was imparting the gospel to his disciples, preparing the way for you and I to know the church today, he was interrupted. He was interrupted with death. He was interrupted with sickness. He was interrupted with crisis. And all of those moments he responded to in a different way. And that's what we've been talking about. How do we respond in interrupted moments. And I, I told you at the beginning of this series, and, and if you weren't there, then I'm going to tell you now, I was really close. I wanted to, to title this series, I Wish You All Had Quadruplets. <laughs> but it's a little strange of a title, so we went with the interruptions of Jesus. And but that, that was my heart because Anna and I feel like we have, we have a little bit of ground to speak from on knowing interruptions in life. Uh, in 2014, we, we welcome quadruplets into our home, and, and our life has forever changed. And I want to take you back to that. I want to introduce you to them. And so I brought pictures today so you can see. There's Brooke, Sadie, Elle, and Ivy. 
At the time that they were born, Zoe was four. She's our oldest there. And so we had six, four and under. There's me trying to be super dad. And there we are. You know the beauty, everyone's going, oh, you know the great thing about pictures? They're silent. You, you don't. <laughs> I, I'm looking at those pictures and going, oh, look, at, look how peaceful that family is. I mean, that family has just got it together. They, look how happy they are. Life is filled with interruptions. And you and I know the interruptions of life. We know the, the moments that our life is, is altered and changed in great ways. And yet sometimes these, these great things, they, they push us to this place where we look at each other and we go, what has happened? Maybe you've fallen in love and gotten married and, and you've had these moments of what, what has happened by walking into your bathroom and the realization that, that there may be two sinks in there, but, but neither one of them is yours. <laughs> they, they both belong to your wife, and you may say, what, what, what just happened? <laughs> or maybe you, you got married and, 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 and you have kids, and you're, you're now parents, or you're a parent, and, and you went from this place of knowing what it was like to sleep through the night without being violently kicked. And, and you look at each other and you say, what, what has happened? Jesus tried to prepare his disciples. And in the, in the time of his resurrection, we're going to look at some places because he spoke such poignant words to you and I. And he says, I'm going away and I want you prepared. I have a life for you to live. How many of you are glad that Jesus didn't want us to live a life that was boring and sad and just this downtrodden, woe is me? He has life for us. I'm so glad that, that he, his heart for us is that we enjoy life, that we know his joy and his peace and the fun that he created, the beauty of this world. He, he doesn't want us to miss that. And the interruption of the resurrection of Jesus is such a powerful time for us. And my concern is that so many people, they pass by this fact. They pass by this vehicle of a new way of life. And they either reject the keys to the vehicle or they try to, to drive the vehicle like Fred Flintstone. If you don't know who that is, you can look it up on YouTube. Fred Flintstone was a Stone Age character, and he would drive their vehicles by the power in his legs. And these are pictures of rejection of Jesus and pictures of religion. Religion says it's got to be my, my strength. I've got to do this my way. And Jesus said, no, I've given you a vehicle. I've given you life, not just that you would have life and live, but you would live this life more abundantly. Amen. That you would live with this enjoyment and awareness of what and how transformation of the resurrection of Jesus looks like. You know, Jesus didn't just rise from the dead and, and then step into eternity or step into heaven with the Father. He spent 40 days meeting with His disciples the Word of God tells us that he appeared to over 500 people. 
And there were words that he said in the moments before his death, burial and resurrection, in the time after that, that we're going to look from and, and receive from today. There's three realizations of the resurrection of Jesus that I, that I want you to see. Three places that he's saying, are you driving the vehicle or have you rejected the keys are you trying to do it in your own strength? Are you living the life that I, that I rose from the dead for you to live? The first thing is this. He, he wants us to live a resurrected life of his power. The power of God. You know, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says these words that, that God raised Jesus. And he said, wait for me, wait for the gift of the Father. He's telling his disciples, I'm going to be with the Father. Wait in Jerusalem because my Father has a gift for you. And he prepared them for this in, in the book of John. He said, it's better that I go away. And, and that's got to be really confusing for them. His disciples saying, hey, we've never seen it like this. It, it's never been this good. What do you mean it's better that you go away? And he said, no, it's better that I go away because if I don't, then the Father won't send the Holy Spirit. But I'm going away and he's going to send the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a realization that, that I don't know that the people that are rejecting Christ or living in religion know. And the realization is this, this world is filled with more peace than they know. There is more peace in the presence of God all across this globe. The, the world does not realize how, how deeply they are getting to experience and drink the peace of Jesus. You want to know why? Because it's filled with in you. It's all over you. And everywhere believers go, they carry the peace of God. They carry the power of God. Jesus said this in Acts 1.8. He said, I'm going away and I want you to wait because I've designed it this way. You're going to be filled with power to be my witnesses. Now, witnesses, that, that's a Christianese word and that's something that we, we, we can pass by and say, yeah, okay, that looks like a street evangelist. That looks like somebody who is especially bold. It's a special group of people and, and, and you miss the entire point. A witness is someone that has had personal experience. And Jesus said, it, it is my gift to you in the resurrection that you would have personal experience of my power. You know, some of you may be here today and, and you've been in a place where you, you found yourself in bondage to habitual sin. And there's a place that you, you just continue to fall into and you're going, oh, I, I, I've sworn I wouldn't do it again. I didn't want to be back in this place. I didn't want to see myself in this state. And yet here I am. And the Lord wants you to know he wants you to be a witness of his power today. He wants to deliver you today. He wants you to know that his power is not just something that is seen and talked about. It's not, not street evangelists. This is something that his heart is that each one of us would experience. And when that happens... You, you just, you got to talk about it. It comes out. You can't help it. And that's God's heart for us today is that, that we would know the power of his resurrection. He has power for your life today.
You know, it's amazing. We like to key on Peter, and we'll talk about Peter in just a minute. But do you know that all the disciples except John betrayed Jesus? And Peter's the one that we focus on because he was the loud one that said, I'll never do it. And we like to throw stones at Peter, but I identify with Peter way too much. All the disciples, John was the only one that was at the foot of the cross that stayed with Jesus. And yet the power of God transformed all of these men that the church that we have today that has endured the Roman Empire, the persecution of this earth, and every other evil force that has tried to shut it down has endured because of the power of God that filled these men that once betrayed Jesus. That's for you and I today. That is what he means by saying, you will be witnesses. Don't just come to Easter and not be a witness of the power of God. You're trying to to move a vehicle with your own strength. Don't do it. Let the power of God fill you with everlasting life. The second thing that Jesus promises us, and he says, by his resurrection, we have in this life is his presence. That we will never, think about this, as a believer in Jesus, there is never a moment in front of you where you won't know the presence of God. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. In Matthew 28, as he gives the Great Commission and he says, hey, I'm going to the Father. This is what you're going to do. I want you to go into all the world preaching, teaching, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, and remember these words, his final words, and I am with you even to the end. Even when we think it's the worst, even when we think, hey, I don't know what has happened to my life, where, what's going on, what's happened, he says, I'm with you. You know, when Anna and I, when we had, had the quads, uh, our life really, it, it took this turn that, that I did not see coming at all. And, and it took me a while, I'm, I'm a slow learner, so, so bear with me, but it took me a while to come to grips with it. Uh, I, I remember having these thoughts after we had the quads and all of a sudden the minivan that, that I wasn't really excited about buying, but I did, was no longer big enough. And I thought, what, what has happened? And the food budget that, that I thought we had a good handle on, all of a sudden I was saying, what, what just happened? And all of our, our, our time and our life began to look different. I remember having these thoughts like, if I can just make it three months, I'll get, we'll get through three months and then things will go back to normal. We've done this before. It, it means Zoe was, she was a great baby and, and it was different for a little bit. But we, we got a routine and things went back to normal. And, and then we had two and, and we got back to normal. And... Uh, and then, so the quads were born in May, and then so three months passed, and I was like, okay, all right, so this is a little different. We just got to get to Christmas. <laughs> if we can just get till Christmas, things will get back to normal, and it's going to be okay. And, and then we got to Christmas, and, and, and I found myself depressed. <laughs> and and I, I'm serious. I got heavy. I was like, what, what has happened 
Lord, how do we do what you've called us to do? I don't know how to do life anymore. And this is an incredible gift. You know, for Anna and I, we had prayed so long to have babies. And then to go from zero to six, we, we stopped praying <laughs> that way. But there is no way that we could receive that. No, like, this is an incredible blessing. And yet, what has happened? So we went to counseling. I'm not ashamed to tell you. And, and it was there that, that I, I got to unpack this a little bit and come to terms with the fact that things are not going to go back to normal. You know, there, there's a misery that this world is filled with. Because the life of Jesus has covered this planet. And so many people are trying to fight against it, saying, I can do it my way. This is my normal. I got to get back to normal. I, I ran across this person. It looks like they have peace and they have joy. And I want that, but I'm going to do it my way. And things will get back to normal. And it's misery. It's heaviness. It's darkness. It's misery. The life of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus invites us to a place that we would know his presence in every season of life. In every place. The, the last word that I, that I want us just to, to cover that Jesus invites us to is purpose. The resurrection of Jesus means that there is not a season of your life. And, and I want you to look at this not just as the season's that you're, the season that you're in right now, or what is ahead of you. But do you know that the resurrection of Jesus speaks redemption and speaks purpose to our past? Because here, here's the reality that, that hits us with the interruptions of life. That, that truth that we can't change our past, it, it comes home. And we look and we're like, okay, life is forever different and, and, and I, don't, I don't know how to go back. I don't know how to fix it. I can't change my past. But there's a, there's a place in our heart where we know, God, I, I just, I need redemption. And people are searching for redemption. People are hungry for redemption for their past. They're hungry for redemption for their present. They're hungry for redemption for their future. And in the resurrection of Jesus, he speaks purpose to our past, our present, and our future. I want us to, to think about Peter. So uh, Peter was the, the vocal one that, that in the garden as Jesus is praying, and he's preparing him for the resurrection, he, he says to him, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. And, and what that phrase means is sifting was a, a purifying process where they were, they were getting rid of the extra, the unneeded, to get to the grains of wheat. But it was such a rough process that what it did to that grain is it took it from being a grain that could be used to multiply, to be planted, and a seed multiplied to a, a thing that would just had a singular use. Jesus said, Peter, Satan has desired to sift all of you, not just Peter, but all of you, all the disciples, so that you would view your life and it would be boiled down to just this place of going like, I just want to make it to heaven. 
that that's that I mean life is hard and, and these interruptions have me worn down and and I just can't envision that anything good or the life of God could come out of my life right now. I can't imagine that God's power could flow through my life right now. I, I, just, I just want to know that I'm going to make it to heaven. And you know what? That's a very real need. We need to know that our eternity is secure. We need to know what we do. We need to know what the, that step is. But I want you to know God has so much more for your life. And he said, he told Peter, he said, Satan is desired to sift you like wheat, to get your focus down where you can't see beyond anything else in your life. Is just, then I, I, I just want to make it to heaven. He says, but I have prayed for you. And he says, when you have repented, turn and strengthen your brothers. Turn and strengthen your brothers. I wonder if Peter's mind went, what is, what is he talking about? Well, what, what does he mean, turn and strengthen my brothers? I, and, and, and that's where he says, Lord, if they all betray you, I'm not going to betray you. I'm your man. I'm one of the three. I'm the inner sanctum guy. Remember, Jesus, this is you and me. And then Luke 22 records this moment where Peter denies Jesus. And on the third time, Luke records that he and Jesus meet eyes. The rooster crows, the betrayal that he just participated in, hits his heart and he looks across the courtyard and he looks Jesus in the eye. And he sees him and everything that he has done in his failure comes home. And I think it's in that moment that Peter wondered and said, how could I ever turn and strengthen anybody? How could anything come from my life? How could anything good come from my life after I just did this? I believe many of us can relate to that today where we, we were in that struggle saying, I have this and this mess and my life is, has gone in directions I didn't intend for it to go and I don't know how I got here. I don't know what has happened. How could anything good come from my life? And yet the words of Jesus are there saying, I have prayed for you. And when you have repented. Now, here's the difference between Peter and Judas. Both betrayed Jesus. Judas was filled with remorse. Peter repented. You say, what's the difference? Remorse is about us. I feel bad because of my actions, how they have made me feel and made my life hard. Repentance is I am aware of the gravity of my actions. I'm aware of my betrayal and how it has weighed on you, Jesus. Repentance is Jesus, I'm aware that it was my sin that you took on your, your, yourself. Remorse is, that's a sad story. I feel bad. And there's a difference. And yet Jesus told Peter, he said, I prayed for you. And so when you have repented, and, and this is an amazing account. Mark chapter 16 records the, the women coming to, to the, the tomb and they're there. And, and the angel there gives them a special message. I don't know if you've seen this before. In Mark chapter 16 it says this, tell the disciples, and then it adds, it adds these words, including Peter. 
This is the resurrection of Jesus that sees every single one of us individually. Today, his eyes are here. He's looking. He sees. He meets us in our betrayal, and he says, no, I'm going to meet you with my resurrection. I want to tell you, including Peter, you may be here and you think, hey, hey, this is a nice Easter service, but I can't really be right with God. My mess is too big. My life has gone too many directions that I can't handle. And the voice of Jesus says, I'm here to tell you, including you, betrayer, including you in your mess, that my resurrection means that you have purpose. I'm going to multiply life out of you like you've never hoped or dreamed. My life is not only going to transform your life and your heart, but it's going to spread. Satan's desire to sift you like wheat, but I have purpose for you today. You know what the step for us is? And I want to finish with this. There was a, there was a moment in between those first three months and Christmas that I was describing. And it was the middle of the night, and the quads came home from the hospital on a every three-hour feeding schedule. And so we just, we were very much zombies at that point. We'd get up and, and we'd feed them, and they, you know, because of being born so premature that it took them a while to eat. They're, they're swallowing uh, muscles, hadn't had time to develop fully, and so it, it took them a while, and so it usually took close to an hour for them to eat. And my parents had moved in with us at that point, helping us. We had church people. Uh, I'd walk out of the bedroom sometimes, and there would be somebody I'd never met before feeding one of the babies. And I was like, hi, how are you? Mikasa, Sukasa, thank you for feeding my child. And, and the what just happened, what had happened to our lives moments all culminated in this night. And I remember getting up, the alarm going off and getting up and going and getting one of the babies. Anna had one, my parents each had one. And I was so angry at how this interruption had derailed our lives and my plans and where I thought we needed to be to be able to do and have purpose in our lives. And as I, I fed the baby, I, I just began to just vent to the Lord. How could you do this? Don't you know that I'm supposed to be a pastor? I don't know if you're aware of this, but I haven't looked at my Bible in over a month. How can I be a pastor? How do I have a future? What, what do I do now? I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do life now. And I just, I just begin to rage out at him and just everything, all the frustration, all the what just happened just began to pour out. Just, just between the Lord and I, and early in the morning as I sat there and just fed one of the babies. And the Lord kind of let me steam myself out a little bit. And he waited until I, I, I got quiet. And it's one of the clearest times that I've ever heard the voice of the Lord. And he said these words. He quoted from John chapter 6, verse 29. 
he said these words. He says, this is the one thing the Father asks you to do. Believe in the one he has sent. In the revelation of what it is to receive resurrection power began to fill my heart. And I began to tell the Lord, Lord, I, I don't have anything else to, to bring. But I believe in you. And I just began to worship the Lord and say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I believe that you died for my sins. That's all I got. That's all I have to bring. And the presence of God began to just touch my heart. I felt him like I have a few times in my life. And his peace began to fill my heart. Nothing changed in my circumstance. And his power began to fill my life. It's not about our circumstances changing. It's about us making a decision to respond to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? There's no greater day for you to receive. If you're an overflow, I'd like to ask you to do the same. Bow your heads. What a day to receive resurrection life. I want to ask you, first of all, if you, you're, you're far from God and you know that, you know that your heart has been separated from submission to Jesus as your Lord. You've rejected the keys of the vehicle of walking and living life, abundant life through the grace of God. If you're here today in overflow online or with us in the sanctuary, and you say, today, Josh, I want today. I'm ready to take a step of belief. I don't have anything else to bring, but I can bring belief in Jesus. I want to ask you to raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put it down right after raising it. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. The step is the same. If you're here and you say, Josh, I've walked with the Lord, but I'm tired and the interruptions of life have worn me down. And I, I feel like I don't have anything to bring, but I, but I want a fresh touch of God's power and His presence, His purpose in my life. Will you raise your hand? I want to pray with you as well. If you're online, our, our hosts are there. They want to pray with you as well. Let today be the day that God's power, His presence, and His purpose fills your life. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and I'd like all of us to, to participate together. So if you would, would you stand back on your feet? We're going to pray together, and then we're going to cheer, and we're going to celebrate every single one who is making a step of belief today. God is going to meet you in this moment. I want you to know that God sees you. His eyes are filled with compassion. 
They're filled with love. He's not ashamed of you. He's not mad at you. He is ready to meet you. And he says, I see you. I'm including you in every plan that I have. My purpose has found you. He's going to breathe fresh life in you today. I want all of us to pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive the power of your resurrection. I believe that you are God's son and God raised you from the dead. And so today I receive your salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise him together. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hey, listen, if you're in overflow, our prayer team is there. Pastor Lindsay is there. She's got some directions for you. Pastor Phil is going to come at this time and give us some closing instructions. God bless you. Happy Easter. He is risen. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.